Hey church, it's so good to be with you again. And I can't wait to bring the word this morning or this afternoon or evening, whatever time you're watching this in. But I wanted to say to you one thing, I would love for you to engage in the word in new ways so that we can activate this and be made disciples wherever we are. So I don't know if you have a paper Bible in your home where you can see it on the shelf. Why don't you grab that or get a journal or take notes on the screen and send them to yourself because it's great to be able to engage, not just listen and sit back, but um, activate the Word of God in your life. And I pray that that's what um, happens today. So let me pray over you, and then we're going to get right into it. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your people. I thank you for what you're doing, God, that we are causing our homes to be holy and sacred spaces, that we are being made disciples right where we are. And I thank you, God, for the people that are listening right now, that we are in this together as the community of believers. And I pray that you would activate your word in us, God, that we would not sit back, but we would not just be hearers of the word, but we'd be doers of the word as well. So Lord, would you bring your truth? Would you bring your love? Would you bring conviction and cause us to change? Would you love your people well this morning through your word, have your way in Jesus' name, amen? Okay, so I don't know about you, are you eating out like too much or not very much at all? Um, we have become the cook at home people and I am um, not gonna lie, I'm still doing probably about the same five meals um, every single week and I'm hoping my kids won't notice but they probably have, sorry kids. Anyway, the truth is, is yes, we have been eating home a whole lot more but we're also supporting local a lot as well. Um, I, I just wanna give a shout out to all of the, the shops and stores and places that are still open across our cities, across the nations that are serving us and taking care of us. But it made me think about how, you know when you go out to eat, when you know how we're longing for that, aren't we? To sit at a table and go out to eat with somebody. But when you go out to eat and when you order food and it comes out gross or there's a hair in it, any anybody, when you have a hair in your food, even if it was accidentally your own still, you just can't do it or the eggs are too slimy or the grits are too gritty or the bacon is too soggy and you're like, I can't, I can't eat this, I, I have to send it back. Does anybody else do that? See, I, I used to be shy to send back my food, but I'm not anymore, because I'm like, look, I'm paying for this. But the truth is, is you know, we, we send it back, we send our food back, and we want something that is better. We have this high standard. And I think what's interesting, though, is what about when there are things in our life that come our way to distract us, to sidetrack us, to cause us to compromise? Often, we're not paying attention. Why don't we send those things back? I think about we need to get good at sending back the things that are not from God for our lives. Now, what do I mean by that? I've been thinking about this a lot lately as we have been home more and the different things that can come, whether that is a sneaky demonic assignment that comes across our path and, and starts to speak to us and try to get us to you know, go off of course. How militant are we in prayer to be like, nope, I'm canceling that assignment from the enemy. I'm not receiving that. I am sending that back where it came from. What about when tempta temptation yells louder than being led by the Holy Spirit or doing the right and godly thing? Do we send that back? We got to think about these things. What about when weariness and fatigue come in through living through a pan pandemic? I mean, the truth is, is as we're talking to each other, these are things that I'm hearing, even though 
you know, we're at home, the truth is, is there's weariness and fatigue that are coming in for some of us. And what are we doing? Is that causing us to just step back? Or are we sending that back and going, God, how do I lean into you? What about when we get into a place of self-preservation instead of continuing to live on mission? I mean, maybe even some of us right now, this is bringing conviction where we're wanting to self-preserve instead of leaning and going, God, what is the mission right now? Or what about when there is temptation? Let's think about this, you guys. Let's be real. Let's not just listen to a message. Let's look at our lives, look at our hearts, look at what's taking place when there is temptation to numb pain or when we're walking through loss or fear and we numb that with alcohol or TV binging or pornography or unhealthy eating habits. Can we all just be real with where we're at right now? I mean, they're giving away free porn right now for crying out loud. And I had to have a chat with my sons to be like, hey guys, let's talk about this. Um, Everybody phones in the living room because the truth is we're in a place where if we're not careful, we'll numb pain, we will take care of loss or fear or just when we have extra time? What about when there is temptation? Temptation to grow complacent in our faith because we're overwhelmed. And instead of doing that, we're not being vigilant in prayer. You know, I I got to a place, gosh, this was a couple of months ago now, where I find that God speaks to me a lot while I am either dreaming and sleeping or He speaks to me right when I wake up in the morning. Like, I'm not thinking about anything else. So it's like the Holy Spirit's like, hi, I'm right there, ready to speak to you. And I had this one moment where I was like, can we say something nicer when I wake up? But I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, hey, Andy, why are you so willing to trade in your birthright for a cup of stew? I was like, whoa, that's intense. Why would you say that? And I realized, though, the truth is, is for years, about six years, if I'm truthful and honest, and I look back over the progression of where I got to a place where I was willing to trade it all in. I'm like, God, I don't wanna do this anymore. I don't wanna leave the church. I don't wanna help people. I wanna go live alone. And if anybody wants to come with me, they're willing to. But this is the place that I got to. And why did I get to a place where the Holy Spirit had to seize me and speak to me right when I was opening my eyes in the morning to go, Andy, why are you so willing to trade in your birthright? You're calling the place that I have located you for a cup of stew. And I remember just getting on my knees and repenting, going, God, how did I get here? Why am I in this place where I am not sending back the assignment from the enemy to take me out and off course from what you have called me to? What got me to this place? And the truth is, as I walked through repentance, something in that woke me up. It woke me up and caused me to look at my life and The truth is I've never been more fired up or filled with hope again. And the assignment from heaven to to lead the charge and make disciples and see the church flourish on the earth. You guys, we are living in unprecedented times. That's why I am so passionate about us not missing this moment. Yes, I'm sitting here talking to you through a camera, but you are either with your roommate, maybe you are alone and you've been doing Zoom calls or coming into our nightly prayer that we have, but God is doing something really holy and really special right now. And I just don't want us to miss it. And, and I pray that we would lean into it. And if there's any repentance that we need to do of sin or going off course or stepping back from what God has called us to, I hope that this message does that for you. My legs, I'm like jumping here underneath the table. But the truth is, is that is my hope, is that you would activate this word after this, this service is over, that you would get off of this and go to God and go, God, I repent of not sending back the assignment from the pit of hell to take me out or take Take me off course. And the truth is when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I went and read the story of Jacob and Esau because that's where it comes from, Jacob and Esau. And so we're going to learn from Esau today. And I pray that you're going to be activated in the word of God. This 
This passage of scripture in Genesis 25, if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and turn there with me. If you're looking at your Bible on your phone, go ahead and turn there with me on to Genesis 25. We're gonna read a portion of scripture there. And we're gonna break, actually, we're gonna break this down because the progression of what takes place is actually a progression that takes place in all of our lives if we have ears to hear and eyes to see. It's the place that gets us to a point in our lives where we're willing to trade in our birthright for something that only satiates a temporary need. And so that's what I hope is that wherever you're at in this season in your life is that you will wake up to what God has called you to and be reminded of his promise. See, the thing that's beautiful about Jacob and Esau is in the end, yes, Jacob triumphs and learns many hard lessons to walk in his birthright that he stole from his brother. And there's redemption between Jacob and Esau. But the truth is, is I would rather learn from somebody else's mistakes than continually make my own. And wisdom is to learn from somebody else's mistakes than continually have to make your own. So that's what we're gonna do today. And I I think, I, I wrote these words, I genuinely believe, this is, I genuinely believe this, that God positions us for certain moments in time. You are alive, you are breathing, you are in the city that you're in for a certain moment in time on purpose. God knows our first and our last breath on this planet. He puts certain people around us that will cross our paths. He designates us to inhabit certain cities and walk through different different seasons, all while positioning us in spheres of influence. Why, why, why? Why are we here? What is our purpose? Because you guys, please get this. The gospel needs to be planted and activated all over the earth. Disciples need to be made all over the earth. And when we despise that, See, this is what I start to learn. When we don't send that back, the, the destruction that comes from us being passive or not awake or eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. When we despise that, we end up trading in our position, our post where God has called to us for something that only feeds our soul for a moment. Oh my gosh, when we are made for so much more. And I am one of those crazy intense people that is so aware that one day I will breathe my last breath. And I say this often to our community of believers. I know one day I'll breathe my last breath and I will stand before God and give account for my life. And I want to be woken up. May the church awaken to her purpose in the day and the times that we're living in. Okay, so let's go to the story of Jacob and Esau. Let's break this down. Let's look at the progression of why we get where we get, there are two nations, there are twins that are in the womb of this amazing woman that is about to give birth to Jacob and Esau. So one is physically stronger than the other. The older, it says the older will serve the younger. And when they're born, Jacob is grabbing on to Esau's heel on the way out. And like I said, there's a redemptive story here. Jacob steals his brother's birthright and there is a redemptive story. And through Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel come. Um, but we're gonna learn from Esau today. We're gonna learn from Esau. So if you've got your Bibles, Genesis 25, we're gonna read through verses 27 through 34. 27 through 34. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebecca loved Jacob. Do you love that? Favorites. And some of you are like, this was my family. You already feel it. Um, But once, when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. And he said to Jacob, the drama in this, like I love the Bible so much. There's so much drama in the Bible. Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. The drama. That is why he was also called Edom. Jacob replied, first, sell me your birthright. This is like, 
Such interesting sibling rivalry. I mean, who would even say that? Look, I'm about to die. Was he though? Was he really about to die? Maybe, I don't know. Esau said, what good is my birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. You guys seeing this? I was gonna act it out for you. Kind of am, just kidding. He swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. What? Because he was hungry? Okay. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. He ate, drank, and then got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Esau despised his birthright because he was hungry, he was famished, there was a whole lot of drama, so we're gonna break this down. Okay, number one, how do we get to a place where we despise the calling that is on our lives because whether we long for somebody else's calling or whatever that is, how do we get there? Number one is weariness. In verse 30, he said to Jacob, what does he say? Quick, let me have some of that red stew, I am famished. Okay, this is interesting. Have you ever noticed that when you're famished, when you're tired, when you're weary, you do things quickly and without thought. Quick, give me that, quick, give me that. When we're famished, self-preservation becomes more important than finding a rhythm of rest. When we're weary and famished from doing the work, we can tend to make quick and unwise decisions. And a rhythm of rest doesn't mean that we don't hustle. The truth is, is many of you that are working from home right now, you are hustling more than you ever have in your life. You're like, what are you talking about? I am weary, I am tired. But here's the deal, a rhythm of rest doesn't mean that we can't find one. We have to be able to figure out how to walk in a rhythm of rest and work. I mean, shout out to all the families out there. I'm shouting out myself right now, who um, have young kids now, are still working full time, and are um, at home, like at home, at home schooling online. Sorry about that. You guys love me. There you go. There was my um, randomness for you today. But the truth is, I'm thinking about this. Um, shout out to the families that are out there right now. Think about this, where you are at home with your kids, you are doing online learning with them. You're basically a homeschool parent now and and you are still working a full-time job. And what about the people that are working overtime to manage the changes in our world right now? I mean, there are so many of you that are working more than you were before and the essential workers. Can we just clap for the essential workers? Shout out your window right now and thank an essential worker that is doing something for you right now. If you think about the people that are working on the front lines in our hospitals, the teachers that are still online helping our students and had to pivot, grocery store workers, delivery workers, and so many more, we honor you. We honor you today. But the truth is, is what does rest look like in this season? We all have to look at that. What does rest look like in this season and not just in this season, but in every season of our life. How do we battle weariness when we're right in the middle of it? The truth is, we have to fight for it. We have to prioritize it. We have to put it into our calendar. That sounds crazy, but we have to work it out. We have to not feel guilty for resting. Otherwise, without intentionality, where we will instead feed our flesh in unhealthy ways to satiate a spiritual need. The truth is we are whole, beings, body, soul, and spirit, and we need to pay attention to the, to the times when we get into a place of weariness and we find ourselves making quick and unwise decisions. And I, I thought about Maria Dursa, who texted me in one of those seasons where I'm like, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to talk to people. It's too hard and it hurts too much. And Maria Dursa, always right at the right time, she texts me. She's like, don't grow weary and doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest. It's just not that season right now. Because what do we want? We want harvest 
And when we're weary, we're like, can someone just bring the harvest to my door? No, don't grow, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Just hear Maria Durso in your head. Number two is this, okay, we go to weariness and then temptation sneaks in. When we're weary, temptation can come in. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Okay, first of all. So, so Esau is going crazy. He's like, I'm hungry, feed me, being dramatic. And Jacob's like, fine, but let me tempt you with something. If I'm gonna give you food that I made, let me tempt you with this, give me your birthright. I wanna be first, I wanna be the most important. I mean, this is pretty extreme. I mean, if someone came to us and said, give me your birthright, we'd be like, why are you even saying that? That's a really weird thing to say. But what does temptation look like for us and when can it come in? Uh, my husband, when he was younger and being discipled uh, by someone, he told him the, the greatest time temptation comes in is when halts takes place, H-A-L-T-S. So just remember this, H-A-L-T-S, when we are hurt, angry, lonely, tired, and stressed. How many of you are like, oh my gosh, I am all five of those things right now. Hurt, angry, lonely, tired, and stressed. That is what I've been journaling about. It's what I've been praying about. And temptation is knocking on your door. You're like, hmm, this sounds like a really good idea. Maybe I should give in. No, don't do it. Are you listening to me? The truth is, these are the warning signs. This is when the door opens, when you're walking through big seasons of transition and change. You guys, we are in a season of grief as the nations right now. We're figuring out life together. One of these, if not all five of these, are something that you're probably facing at the moment. So here's what you gotta do. You've gotta ask yourself, what has the ability to cause you to wanna trade in your birthright? Because we're all different. And temptation looks different for all of us because some things your neighbor's tempted by, you're like, why are you even tempted by that? But what does it look like for you? So is it disappointment? Maybe you're in a season of disappointment. You're like, man, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought life was gonna look like. This is not the season I thought I would find myself in. Does disappointment have the ability for you to give into temptation? What about grief? Does that cause you, when you're walking through the stages of grief, instead of just leaning into grief, does grief cause you to want to give in to temptation? Now, grief is not just the death of a loved one. We are, again, in a season of grief and loss right now. Some of you had plans for birth plans for how you wanted to have your baby. Some of you have wedding plans that are coming up. Some of you had birthdays that you were so excited to celebrate. Graduation, so many things that we are grieving the loss of right now. What about the waiting process? Well, God, I've been praying for my husband. God, I've been praying for this. Or God, I've been praying for my wife. I've been praying for a child. I've been praying for a house. I've been praying for a new job and everything is halted. The truth is, does that have you, does that knock on the door of your heart to bring in temptation? What about rejection or betrayal? You're like, fine, I'll just give in. I, I'll sell my birthright. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you've got to ask yourself, what's your cup of stew? So maybe those things cause the door to be opened, but what is your cup of stew? What is the temptation? You're like, I just need someone to affirm me. And if you affirm me, I'll give in. Like we need affirmation. It can, you know, if you don't affirm me, I'm leaving now. Okay, well, we're all different. I don't necessarily need to affirm everything you think, believe, say, but we can be a messy community of believers. But is affirmation the thing you seek? What about trying to live another life instead of the one you have now? If I just move to a new city, if I just get a new job, if I just do something else, the truth is, the truth is, those internal issues that you have, they will travel with you. Maybe you're in covenant with somebody, but you're secretly planning to get out of covenant, get out of that relationship. You are tempted to have an affair. I don't know where you're at, but you need to pay attention to what is happening because there is always a way out of temptation. Addiction, 
addiction. I think many of us are dealing with this more than we would like to admit. Sex addiction, uh, alcohol, food addiction, and it's probably affecting us and we're going, how do I, you guys talk to somebody today. Don't allow this to take you off course. Greener grass, mm-hmm. the temptation for greener grass. It's like thinking over there will be so much better than here. I'm going to go to 50 churches because if I do that, the grass would be greener so much. Guess what? The grass is greener where you water it. So maybe Water the grass in your own life and see yourself flourish in community with other people. And that doesn't just have to do with church. That has to do with everything in life. Thinking that another season will solve your problems. No, you're in this season now. So water the grass of the season you are in. Cynicism and negativity. negativity Is that your temptation? A general distrust of other people. And at the heart of it, a general distrust in God. Is that your temptation to just give in to that? Passivity or complacency. I can't be bothered. To, to just lean in. So what is your cup of stew? We have to be aware of that. And I would say, if you know what your cup of stew is, after we're done today, get on your knees and repent. Tell a friend, walk this out. Open the door to be realigned and walk on the call of God for your life. Because what's the third thing that happens in this story? Drama, so much drama. I love Esai's like, look, I'm about to die. Okay, Esau, what good is this birthright to me? Anybody else do that? I mean, I am a little bit dramatic, and so my husband loves me. Thank God. I have very volatile emotions. If I'm happy, I'm completely happy. If I'm sad, I'm completely sad. If I'm passionate about something, the world needs to be doing it. And the truth is, is Esau is being very dramatic in this moment. And this is our real world right now. We're in the middle of a real live drama. And the truth is, is we've got to get good at knowing the difference of being informed when it comes to world events and being driven by fear and panic because otherwise we can create drama in our own households and freak out. And we need to know there's a difference. Again, there's fear everywhere always, but there's a difference between coming into agreement with fear, recognizing it, and breaking agreements with it. Look, when we entertain temptation for too long, we create our own personal drama. Think about it. When you think about temptation, opening that door, you start checking and making up other people's motives that don't even exist. We have to get good at stopping affirming our own drama. See, because drama is how we affirm our own decision to sin. So what do we do? Well, I have waited this long. I'm just gonna go there. I've waited this long and I just wanna have sex. And so even though I've read the whole Bible and I know what it says, I still want to affirm my own decisions to do what I wanna do because there's so much drama. I'm gonna give into temptation. All of these things take place in our life and we lean in instead of walking in what God has asked us to do, surrendering our lives to him. Nobody sees me, so I'm gonna make a way for myself. We do things like this, create drama. Why does nobody notice me? Now, we have needs. There are legitimate needs that we have, but where are we going for our affirmation? Where are we going to get those needs met? And and we get, get to a place where I can't trust anybody, everybody's a bunch of liars, and we create drama instead of leaning in and finding a few trust relationships, discipleship relationships, community, life, where we can do things together. We rage against truth and peace when we operate in drama. So watch your drama meter. And like I said, I'm a volatile person. I love some drama. I could have been on Broadway. Mm, maybe not. I wanted to be, maybe. But the truth is, is I know this about myself, so I have to be careful and pay attention because what happens is when we operate in drama, then number four, we come into agreements. What does Jacob say? Swear to me first. Jacob is like, ooh, he's being dramatic. I'm going to get this from him. He swore an oath to him and then 
it says that Esau sold his birthright. The truth is, is swear to me first, make an agreement with me first. When you meditate on what, um, what you meditate on, you come into agreement with. So when you meditate, Psalm 1914, be the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. So what are the things you're meditating on? When you meditate on your weariness, when you meditate on temptation, when you, beca- when you become dramatic, then agreements are easy to make with your drama. And Jacob is not the enemy here, but he represents something where temptation keeps knocking on the door until we give in. Unless we cancel the assignment, we go, temptation, I'm closing the door. Close the door to temptation and choose a different way. And that's how you break agreements. We've got to get good at breaking agreements because then what happens? Our agreements give way to sin. And this is what happens. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and he drank and then he got up and left and Esau despised his birthright. I look at my own life and I go, how did I get to a place where I was like, I I don't wanna walk in my calling or do what the Lord has asked me to do anymore. It's all of this, weariness, temptation, drama, agreements, and then it gives way to sin. God, how did I get here? James 1, 14 through 16, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Great. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. First Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out. You guys, he'll provide a way out. Why are we like, this isn't fair? No, there is an open door to walk out. And this is repentance. And that is the next step. So if you're to a place in your life where you're seeing some things where you're like, wow, I'm like choosing a cup of stew instead of walking in my actual birthright, what God has called me to, what I was sure of, man, repent. I almost, should I knock it off? No, I won't. Um, the truth is, is we've got to get good at getting rid of that cup of stew. What is that going? God, I repent for wanting that more than wanting you. Why do we get to those places. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. Matthew 3, 8 says, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance is not a one-time thing. It's not like I gave my life to Jesus on that day, repented. Y'all, I'm repenting. Why did I say y'all? I'm not even from the South. But the truth is, is I have had to get good at living a life of repentance, of going, God, I am sorry for clinging to my way. I release that. I turn to you and I follow in your way. Francis Chan said this. He said, our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. You guys, The truth is I fail all the time. That should not, I I learn from failure, but wanting to be successful at other things other than what God is whispering to me to do, what he has asked me to be obedient in, I don't wanna scale that wall. I wanna scale the wall that God has put in front of me, what he has asked me to do. And the greatest thing is that you can change your life today. This is the thing, is you can change the trajectory of your life through repentance on a daily 
basis. We can repent of things that don't matter. We can send back thanks. I don't want the stew. Esau, I am not giving you my birth. Esau, Jacob, I'm not giving you my birthright. The truth is, is we can get good at this at going, hey, enemy, thanks for trying to tempt me with this, but that's ridiculous because the call of God, what he has asked me to do, where he has placed me, the word he has placed in my heart, I will cling to that and to his promises. And this is where redemption comes in. He is a redeemer. And this is why I love my God, is that even though for six years I can act like a fool, and look, it wasn't all foolish. The truth is, is it was just years of feeling sad and this and that and giving into a victim mentality where I'm like, what have I been doing? I am so awake now to what I have been doing and what I've been giving into and the cup of stew that I've been drinking that it doesn't even sound good anymore. And we can wake up to that. We can walk in redemption because that's how good our God is. Ephesians 1, 7 through 8 says this, in him, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. We have the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. This is good news. This is good news for the believer, for the one that is following Jesus Christ, for the one who has been maybe asleep at the wheel. Maybe you've been asleep at the wheel in your calling and what God has asked you to do and your purpose and you've gotten weary and tired and given into temptation one too many times. You can repent today in his grace, in his love, in his forgiveness of sins. And this is also good news for the one who does not yet believe, for the one who is not following Jesus. He has forgiveness for you. He has purpose for you. He has a calling for you. And, and the truth is, is we can send back the negative voices that reinforce the lies about who we have believed that we are. We can send back the temptation that has come our way and walk in a different direction. And we can walk in the way we are meant to walk in. We can send back the assignment designed and designated to take us out or off course, to, that we can send it back to the pit of hell and we can cling to the assignment that has been released over our lives from heaven and we can walk in that. And so, friends, I wanna say to you today, I, I am so excited. I pray you will go dig into Genesis 25 and you will see this progression. You will repent of your sins. You will talk to your friends and go, I need accountability here. And I'm not gonna expect you to ask me. I'm gonna tell you what's going on in my life because I wanna follow Jesus with a fervency. We are in amazing times, exciting times. There is so much opportunity in this time for us as the church, as the community of believers to be refined by God. And so if you are not following Jesus today, can I just invite you to follow him? Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father or woman comes to the Father except through me. So through Jesus Christ, life, death, and resurrection, we come into relationship with the Father. And when we come into relationship with the Father, he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit and reminds us of who we are. Jesus, life, death, and resurrection are what change us. But we have to choose to repent, turn from our sin, and follow Jesus in his way, in his truth, in his life. You have to lay down your way. You have to lay down what you believe to be true and walk in the truth, which is Jesus Christ in his word. You have to lay down what you thought the meaning of life would be and go, I want your meaning for my life because you are 
life, Jesus. So if you wanna follow Jesus today, right now, I would love to pray for you. So I'm gonna pray over you right now if you're going, this is what I want, I'm gonna lay this all down. I wanna send back the assignment from the enemy. I wanna follow Jesus. I'm gonna pray for you right where you are. So Father God, I just thank you for every person that is in their living room, in their home, that is watching this wherever they are, God, if they wanna follow you, that they would make that decision right now clearly to go, I am giving it all. I am turning from my way, my truth, and my life, and I am following Jesus into his way, into his truth, into his life. I am a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I just thank you for them today. I thank you for their lives. I thank you, God, that you are so good. And I just ask that you would bless them in their walk with you in Jesus' name. And you know what I wanna to say to you? If you made that decision, there is a way that you can let us know. And so click that link there on the screen and we wanna walk with you and we can't wait to see what God does in your life. And for everybody else that's already following Jesus, guys, it's time to get militant and let God do what he wants to do in your life. I'm so excited to see what comes out of this season in our church and in your life.